Well, today's Mother's Day, and um, I want us to just take a little break from the book of Acts to talk about <laughs> the scriptural justification for Mother's Day. And um, there's obviously a bazillion reasons why we should honor our mothers um, every day. But it's good that there's a day uh, to do that, to, to remember moms and to honor them. And uh, my comments really this morning are, are not just limited to moms. Um, I'm, I'm going to um, speak about parenting. Okay, so women don't feel slighted and men, uh, you're lucky you got on the, got on the board here. Um, but the, the fifth commandment is to honor your father and your mother. And I want us to just reflect on those words for a few minutes today. Um, the fifth commandment is part of the Ten Commandments, which are part of the law that was given to Moses. And um, the Ten Commandments we're all familiar with, but they were given with the rest of the law to Israel as they had just left Egypt, had just left bondage where they were um, living in a foreign land and under the authority of a foreign king or pharaoh and slave masters. But they had this wonderful hope and that great hope was that they were going to their new home, the land that God had set aside for them, the land of promise, Canaan. Um, and it had been hundreds of years had passed since God had made that promise to Abraham that um, his descendants would become a great nation and it would be in that place, the place that we now call Israel. <coughs> the commands were a blueprint of how they could be successful in that new land, that land of promise. They would be a nation like no other nation on earth. Why? Because, uh, first of all, they would be a nation whose sovereign was not a pharaoh or a king or a despot. It would actually be the living and true God himself would be the sovereign, would be the one who ruled, the one who was in charge. It would be a unique nation also because it would function under this perfect blueprint known as the law of God, the law of Moses, in which there was all kinds of explicit directions. The Ten Commandments were part of it. But also, there were all kinds of guidelines and directions as to how to worship and, and how to eat and how to dress and, and what to do with your time and your labor and, and, and to definitely take a day off once a week um, to have a, have a Sabbath. And so there was this incredible blueprint that was given to Moses. And the Ten Commandments were at the front of it. And then there was a lot of other details. And it was a blueprint. And the blueprint was uh, for them, for when they went into this new land, how to live a life 
as a nation that would be like no other nation on earth. And it would be actually a light to the rest of the nations on how they were to live. How they would live in, in harmony with God and harmony with each other. And so right in the middle of those Ten Commandments, you have this Fifth Commandment. Honor your father and your mother. And Paul points out that it's the First Commandment with a promise. It was a commandment that came with a promise. If then, if you do this, then I will do this. If you honor your father and mother, and then was the promise. And so the promise is found in Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. So that you will live long. So that it will go well for you in this new land. If it was going to go well for them, they needed to honor their parents. Isn't that interesting? In Ephesians, Paul is writing to non-Jews, non-Israelites. And he is uh, saying to them... Um, an updated version, if you will, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of the fifth commandment. He says in Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 3, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on earth. And so you see sort of the the, the specific commandment that was given to Israel through Moses expanded upon by the Apostle Paul to all those who have become part of the kingdom of God. If you hope to have a good life and that life would go well, you need to honor your parents. <coughs> you need to honor your father and your mother. So you might be thinking, like, what's the connection? between honoring my parents and it going well, I mean, aren't there so many variables to consider? So many things that contribute to, to, contribute to things going well in the new land. But I think it's important that we note that God decided of the commandments to put this promise, and he linked honoring your parents with it going well in the new land. And to us who are not Israelites, that it would go well in life for us if we honored our parents. So what is the connection between honoring our parents and living a good life? Well, the, the answer is actually quite straightforward. And I think it's found in this concept. As goes the family, so goes society. As goes the family, so goes society. If parents lead their children in a godly fashion, and children respond accordingly and obey their parents and honor their parents in a godly way, then it will go well for you in life. It will go well for that society in life. 
William Ruckels, Ruckels House, I think is how you say his name, is like one of the most respected attorney generals that the United States ever had. Actually, I've seen his name on a list of the top 10 cabinet ministers or cabinet uh, members of, in the United States cabinet advising different uh, presidents. And he was uh, an advisor to, uh, during the Nixon era, which was not an easy era to be an advisor. But he has said something very, um, very clear about the importance of family and its effect on society. He said the family is the building block for whatever solidarity there is in society. <laughs> it makes sense, doesn't it? The family is the building block for whatever solidarity there is in society. So, so goes the family, <laughs> or so goes society. Is born out of how things go within the family. It makes a lot of sense. God's blueprint for society. In God's blueprint for society, the family plays a critical role in influencing the health of that society. And when you think about it, a family really is just a microcosm, kind of a little mini society. When you think about it, family and society both have history. A family has traditions, so does a society. A family has a hierarchy within the family. So does society. A family has beliefs. So does society. A family has rules. So does society. Roles. So does society. Celebrations. And so you can see that a family is really just a microcosm, a small kind of building block of the society. And that's why Ruckelshaus says... The family is a building block for whatever solidarity or goodness or strength there is within a society. If there's dysfunction in a family, there will be dysfunction in society. Would anyone like to argue against that? If there's dysfunction within the family, there will be dysfunction within society. Never was this more obvious than in the life of Israel. Because even though Israel was a nation, it literally was a biological family. <laughs> right? They had the patriarch, Abraham. Right? They had the descendants. They had the 12 tribes that came from the sons of Israel. And so there's a family tree associated with the nation of Israel. Israel is a family, literally a family. And so when there was dysfunction within the family of Israel, there was dysfunction in Israel at large. Never was this sort of more clear than with, in my estimation, than with King David. Like, props to King David. He was a man of God. He was a friend of God. He was, you know, he wrote so many beautiful psalms and 
He made Israel a great nation. But quite frankly, David wasn't a very good dad. <laughs> Would you agree, Charlie? Yes. Yes. This man was definitely dysfunctional. Holy smokes. He, was, he had a dysfunctional family, right? So dysfunctional. Keep going. Go ahead. And all because he, and all because he violated God's commandments and slept with Bathsheba. It started off with him being unfaithful to his wife. Exactly. <laughs> he was unfaithful to his wife, and, and, and things went downhill from there. To the extent that the dysfunction in his family destroyed Israel. It actually split. Israel into two nations, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And we're talking dysfunction of sort of a in the inquirer type of dysfunction. I mean, it was crazy what went on in David's family. And so this idea that the family is a microcosm, of the broader society is clearly seen within Israel because it was both a family and a nation. Now I started back to golf um, on Friday, not as a golfer, but as a member of a staff at Green Gates. So uh, inevitably you're gonna hear a lot of talk about golf over the summer. It just, you know, it's part of my life right now. So it's gonna come up. My apology in advance. But golfers are constantly in pursuit of the perfect swing. They spend millions of dollars each year trying to figure out the perfect swing because there actually is a perfect swing in golf. There is actually a prescribed way of controlling the mechanics of your body so that the ball will go where you want it to go. It's called the perfect swing. Here's a picture of the perfect swing right here. That looks nothing like me. Uh, <laughs> nothing like me. But that's sort of the, the perfect swing. And so God's blueprint for Israel and for, in today's context, the kingdom of God, which we're all a part of, his blueprint for the family is kind of like learning the mechanics of the perfect swing. If things are perfect and we behave in the way that God has prescribed through his word, things will go well for our families and things will go well for the society. And that's it. There's a lot of buy-in, obviously, from all the families in that society. Here's a, just a few. You, you know these things, but I'll just throw them out. What, what is part of that, that, the perfect swing of the family? A guide for parents. Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord the God, our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them uh, when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and, and when you get up. So parents are to be responsible in teaching the blueprint, teaching how we are to love God and we are to love each other. 
And we are to teach them, take that responsibility to teach them and bring them up in this way. Here's another one that you're obviously aware of. Train up a child from Proverbs 22. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he won't depart from it. And then in Ephesians 6, fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. Basically, as, as a parent, we are to serve our kids, and we are not to exasperate them or, 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 or taunt them or manipulate them so that they feel unloved and uncared for, but basically just like a tool that has to do with the, the master wants them to do. We're not to exasperate them. And then in Proverbs 13, whoever spares the rod hates the child, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. And so discipline is part of the responsibility given to parents. And so there's just a few of the things within the blueprint, within that guide to the perfect swing of a family, uh, which will ultimately result in things going well in the culture and the society in which we live. There's also a guide for children, but it's a lot shorter, much more abbreviated. And, and basically, it, it just comes down to one thing. Obey and honor your parents. Okay? They're the, they're, they're the parents. They're the mature adults. And therefore, you're to honor them and you're to respect them. And so you find scriptures that basically say the same thing in Proverbs 1. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Proverbs 23. Listen to your father who gave you life. And don't, do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and don't sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy, and a man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. And so we have this wonderful, perfect blueprint, the perfect swing, if you will, of what it is to be a parent and, and, and what the family is supposed to look like and how it's supposed to function, and, and then consequently how society will be the place that will honor God and honor others. So at this point, I wouldn't doubt that many of us are starting to feel a little bit awkward about the elephant in the room. Because you're thinking, my parents didn't follow that blueprint. No, no head gestures. <laughs> <laughs> my parents didn't bring, that, bring me up that way. They didn't follow the blueprint. And then there's parents saying, man, I didn't do that. You know? I, was, I wasn't responsible. I didn't, I didn't spend time with my kids, training them and helping them to understand the ways of the Lord and, and train them in, in, in um, the blueprint of how we are to love God and love others. I mean, Tim, really, I mean, this is an imperfect world we're, we're living in, and we're all imperfect people. 
And, 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 you know, you might say, is God naive? Didn't he realize that some fathers and mothers would be dishonorable? Some parents are dishonorable. You might be dishonorable as a parent, quite frankly. Not worthy of honor. Is God naive when he gives out these instructions? Like, he, does he not know what we're like? <laughs> right. He's not naive. And yet he gives us the perfect blueprint, doesn't he? So let's go back to God. Told you. <laughs> See, you learn the perfect skill of the perfect swing under perfect conditions. You're on usually a driving range platform, which is perfectly flat. Right? Uh, you're dry. <laughs> You got the equipment, you have an instructor, and you're working on the perfect swing. But then you pay the $100 at Green Gables, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that, I'm going to require that. <laughs> you pay the 100 bucks to go golfing, and all of a sudden, whoa, the golf course is not like the driving range. It's got all these undulations undulations in the earth. It has water. It has sand. And the little ball seems to find the woods. <laughs> you see, my point is that what you learn when you learn the perfect swing will help you in each one of those situations. However, if you try to swing the perfect swing that you learned on the driving range when you're in that guy's spot, it's not going to go well for you. What you have to do is you have to adjust. You're still using the same principles. Don't get me wrong. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when you go in the drink. You still use the same mechanics, the same thinking, but look at his legs. It's not like that other guy who was just like this. He's got one leg up. He's, you know, he's gripping down on his club. He's got it behind him. That's not the perfect golf swing, but it's an adjustment to the perfect swing. And this is my response to the elephant in the room. Some of us have dishonorable parents, and yet... We are called to honor our mother and our father. And God isn't naive. He's not dumb. He's not like, uh, yeah, well, I'll give them a bunch of rules and, oh, they can't do it. Gee whiz. <laughs> That's not God. He knows we're not perfect. If anybody knows we're not perfect, it's God. <laughs> he knows that we're not perfect. But we have to take the principles of the blueprint in the context of that imperfect world. And we need to honor our parents, honor our father, and honor our mother. When Colleen and I were on vacation, we, uh, we watched this movie. And I do, you know, you know, 
it's got bad language, I'll tell you that. But um, what a what a story. Uh, I I Tanya. I don't know if anybody saw it, but I mean, you know, you know the Tanya Harding story, right? This rough around the edges, brilliant figure skater who happened to be skating at the same time as Nancy Kerrigan, who was the poster child for what a figure skater, female figure skater is supposed to be. And the, and the thing is that this movie de, 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 demonizes Tanya Harding. See, what happened is you probably know the story, but if you don't look it up, but essentially some of the associates of Tanya Harding actually went and took a club and literally went into uh, the, the, the skating arena on, I think it was an Olympic trials to make the Olympic team, and bashed the knee of Nancy Kerrigan with the club before she was supposed to compete. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so Tanya Harding, you know, like became the black sheep of everything then. And, but this story is to de-demonize her a little bit because guess what? Her mother, oh man, her mother was, is, a really dishonorable person who treated Tanya like she was dirt, uh, was very aggressive with her, very mean, very abusive very harsh and unloving. And so you get this idea that the Tanya Harding is a result, you know, sort of her rough edges. I mean, it's incredible she rose to the prominence that she did given the family situation she came out of. But the, the question at hand is, does Tanya Harding, or is Tanya Harding supposed to honor her mother? Yeah. She is. Um, not as though she was applying the perfect swing from a pond, but in a way that she still respects and, and, and loves because we're called to love everyone. And she did give her life. She did give her life. But she is to respect. She is to honor and she is to love her mother. So, no. Does she, would you expect a certain person like Tanya or anyone who's a dishonorable parent to obey everything that they command? Well, no, because Tanya Hart would probably not have gone as far because she'd probably be in jail, right? Like it wasn't good, right? Um, no. Was and this is really important. Are we, who have dishonorable parents, supposed to accept their view of us as our own? Did you hear that? Yeah. Are we supposed to accept their image of us, their opinion of us, as our own, as though that's who we are? No. Are we to turn a blind eye as we become adults to their dishonorable behavior? No. 
We're to speak the truth in love. I love you, but... <laughs> but we are, yes, supposed to love and respect them. Respect their position. And one of the great things that we can do is that we can model <coughs> the God way. The blueprint way, the perfect swing, if you like, for them, in a sense, become the adult. In a sense, become the parent. And so God is not naive. He calls us to obey and honor our parents. And in the perfect situation, that is going to make for a good life. And a good society if we're all on board and all doing that. But God isn't naive and he knows that we are to take the principles that he has given to us in that way of, of raising our kids. And as kids responding to our parents, we're to take that and, and quite frankly need to make adjustments, suitable adjustments for the situation. I'll just close with this thought. Once again, as goes the family, so goes society. Paul, in writing about the consequences of leaving the blueprint, says these words. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to depraved minds so that they don't, don't do what, they ought, what ought to be done. They've become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They are creating a society that's going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, look at that. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. It's critical. Of all the things that God could have, of all the commands that God could have linked the promise with, the promise that it will go well in the new land, the promise, as Paul writes, that uh, we would live a good life. Of all of them, he linked it with one thing, and that is to honor your mother and your father. So it's Mother's Day. Mothers, be honorable. <laughs> uh, for some reason, some... Mothers, some fathers, just figure by virtue of position, they're honorable. That's not true. <laughs> Honor comes not just with position. It comes with behavior. <laughs> Be honorable. Uh, raise up the child in a way that is pleasing to God. Follow God's directions. And children, I'm a child. My mom came over for dinner. Like, you're looking at me and you say, dude, you're a child. You're old. 
but I'm a child still. And the, and the command still relates to me. I need to honor my mother still. My father's past, but I need to honor my mother still. I need to follow the directions of God. And there's a promise once again. It will go well for us if we do. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the wisdom of your word. You are so worthy of our praise and our honor and our glory. Because you are perfect in all of your ways. And your plans are perfect. And Lord, we live in an imperfect world, but we know that the perfect way is intended to be our guide. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would help us as parents and as children to follow that perfect way. For those of us who may be in situations where that's incredibly difficult, where there's dishonorable behavior. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us, first of all, not to discount your wisdom or pour contempt on who you are and your designs by saying, well, I have a dishonorable parent. I'm not obligated to honor my mother or my father. Lord, help us to figure out that way, to make those adjustments, to do the right thing, and to honor our parents. Lord, we love you. We love being a part of your family. We love being a part of this church, and uh, we pray for your continued blessing. And I pray, Lord, that we would continue to be a support to each other, to lift each other up, and maybe even in this area of parenting. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.